11 down, one huge game to go for Ohio State. Number two, Buckeyes, finish off the home slate. That's Zach Bourne. I'm Austin Ward. It was a 37-3 win over Minnesota. I always feel of two minds about these games the week before the game, Zach. It's like, how much attention do we really need to pay to a blowout over Minnesota when the biggest game of the year is now here? When you're playing Minnesota, not much. You know, the <laughs> I know for a fact that Ohio State went out, was uh, very vanilla from what they were showing on the offense and defense side of the ball. And, you know, besides really those seniors that are running out for, for senior day, which is a huge day for them, if you asked any of those players and any of them said that they weren't looking forward to this next week, they'd be lying to you. That's how it is, especially a team like Minnesota. You know, and, and um, I know the Buckeyes are happy to get out with a victory, um, especially the way they, they did and were able to get some young guys in late in the third quarter and all the fourth, um, and most importantly, get out healthy. I like that part after the game, too, where it's like, were you guys thinking about Michigan this week? Were you thinking about the game? And it's like, it was hard to stay focused. And then you ask, like, Ryan Day and Cody Simon were both, like, asked, did you see any of the Michigan game at noon? Like, did you catch any of that against Maryland? And they're like, uh, yeah, it, it might have yeah. been on. Like, you're trying to get ready to play a Big Ten game. It's like you're you you're a week away from something so close. I think maybe – I don't know. Do you think that contributed to a little bit of the, the sloppiness in the first half? I mean, the, the defense was fine. They pitched a shutout. But, yeah. um, I mean, sometimes that happens. That's human nature. I, I could see that. I also think uh, a portion of it is, let's be honest, you're playing a Minnesota team that isn't uh, at the top of the Big Ten ranks by any means, and you could have ran out your second or third string guys and probably beat that Minnesota team. I think a little bit uh, uh, of it was those guys that were playing their last game in the shoe, trying to get them touchdowns, trying to send them out the right way. So there may have been you know, some forcing of plays when, hey, in this situation, we normally wouldn't run this play, or hey, Kyle, you know, throw the ball to Cade no matter what on this play. Like There might have been a little bit of, of some of that, which uh, contributed to some of the sloppy play on offense. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, come out with 37-3 victory against uh, a Big Ten foe on senior day, and now all the attention turns to the team up north. If you asked Ryan Day on Thursday if he would have went for that, he would have been like, one million percent, let's go. <laughs> it's kind of funny that the last two weeks, you, you know how badly that the Silver Bullets wanted to hang a, a shutout on their mantle uh, this year. And then the last two weeks, they had good opportunities and 50-yard field goals both weeks keep them from, from it. Like, That'll sting a little bit, but it shouldn't take away from an effort like six total points in the last two weeks heading into the game. That's that's some positive momentum for a defense that we already knew was pretty good. There's another great opportunity this Saturday. I mean, I would love it if we're in Ann Arbor, you know, Ann Arbor and this defense pitches a shutout. I mean, come on. We, we still got another opportunity. Okay, and I know that's, right. the way, that's the way those guys are thinking. It's not just because it was Michigan State and Minnesota. Like, hey, listen, we're going to team up north in their house. Let's go pitch a shutout. Like, that's how, you know, that's the attitude of those guys. That's how I know they're thinking. It doesn't matter how good of an opponent it is. Those guys are saying we're going to hang a goose egg. Yeah. What was the best thing that you saw on Saturday, Zach? Man, um, I mean, th there's a couple things that jump out to to my mind is obviously still the way this defense is is playing, right? We've 
talked about it for how many weeks now? It's probably 11 weeks in a row with how good this defense has been playing, um, the way that they're running to the football, the way that they're making tackles. Um, just the little things are going a long way. Like, you know, how many times in the past have we talked about missed tackles and missed assignments? We're hardly seeing any of that this year. Guys are flying around, uh, reacting to what they're seeing and making plays when when their number's called upon. So I love the way the defense is playing. I think, you know, they have continued each week to gain so much confidence. And now in the biggest game of the year, maybe the biggest game in the last, call it five years for, for Ohio State, right? You, you look at it from this standpoint – you can talk about, you know, the Georgia game last year being a massive uh, or monumental game for, for this program. But throw all that aside, I mean, this might be the biggest game in, in Ryan Day's coaching career at Ohio State. And so the way that this defense is playing, you have to be excited about that. And then you look at the offensive side of the ball. And Travion Henderson, man, you know, we, we've we've talked multiple times about um, – early, especially early on season and last year about how he always tried hitting that home run, uh, that, that home run run every single time he touched the football. And that may have been contributing to, you know, zero yard gains or two yard gains. And now you see him letting the game come to him. You see him reading blocks, being patient and then hitting it. And my God, man, the dude has looked absolutely phenomenal since he's come back from, from his injury um, against Notre Dame. And, 75-yard touchdown run yesterday, the, the longest of his Ohio State career. Hopefully he continues to to take um, you know, take advantage of, of what comes his way. And the thing that I love most about that run is it's not like it was just a hole and he hit it and used his speed, right? He made multiple cuts. The home run was not there to start with, right? He used his vision, used his great feet, uh, great footwork that you know he's so uh, accustomed to using. And he made multiple cuts, made a person miss, and then took off. That's what I love to see. That's what a true running back, when they hit a home run, that's what it's going to look like. Those jump cuts that he used up the first touchdown as well, you know, to press that hole and then get outside a little to the to his left there. And then obviously multiple cuts that you mentioned on the second touchdown. That was like, I don't remember even seeing that part of his game during his freshman year. It feels like there's just more being tapped into by Travion right now. Yeah, I think Coach Alford's done a great job with him. You know, it's um, you look at some of the great running backs at Ohio State recently, right? Like Carlos Hyde, Zeke, J.K. Dobbins. Like those guys were were deadly with their jump cuts, right? And be able to so quickly get back into speed and and get downhill again. And that's what you're starting to see Trayvon Henderson be able to do. And and yeah, I mean, I I was on the field the first half, standing on the sidelines, and that first touchdown happened right in front of me. And I was just like, oh, my God. I remember turning to the side and, and looking at Jeff Hireman and be like, oh, like that. Who, who is that? Right. Like right. that's a that's a dude like that's a hell of a freaking uh, of a freaking run. And there was a guy that was completely unblocked and just off a jump cut made a miss. Like you haven't seen that with Trevion Henderson in the past. Normally in the past, you would see him. Hey, if there's any unblocked guy, he's like, oh, man, I'm just going to try and lower my shoulder and have that big hit. And now you see him kind of protect himself. Hey, let's make a guy miss in the open field and get in the end zone. Yeah, it's you mentioned this and we're going to talk. We've got weekend kickoff. We've got roosters. We've got everything this week to get ready for it. So we're going to talk plenty about the stakes for the game. But I think one interesting subplot when you're talking about Ohio State and and what they might be able to do offensively in this matchup on Saturday in Ann Arbor 
we've never seen this version of Travion Henderson for Ohio State against Michigan two years ago, late in that freshman year. You know, it, snow, people sick, other things. Travion had the you know upper body injury in the second half of the year. He was worn down, and last year you have the foot injury. He doesn't even play. So you talk about a key part of this Ohio State attack and and a really dangerous weapon. That's that's a difference just for Ohio State offensively getting ready for Michigan. That's I, I mean that's that's a big deal. We're going to be talking about Trey all week, I think. Yeah, I mean it's uh in my opinion it's pretty simple, right? If you're if you're Ryan Day in this offense, you're like, "Hey, we're going up Dan Arbor. We need to get about 65 plays." And I would say 20 of those should be getting Trayvon Henderson uh with the ball in his hands, whether it be handoff, whether it be out of the backfield, some of those things. And let's be honest, there should be another probably 15 targets that are going to 18. And <laughs> I mean, even the way two played yesterday, man, a Mecca, like just the way that he was running his routes, uh, the acceleration with the ball in his hands, it looked like a Mecca was back. Like that was exciting to see. And that popped out at me of, oh, here we go. Especially like, you know, you could really see it on the, on the pop pass that he had when he went around the, the edge. And I don't know if that was the second quarter or, or third quarter, but second yep. yeah i was like oh man like this dude's back like you saw the acceleration you saw what he was able to do um uh, and let's not forget i mean the way kate stover's playing right now third ohio state tight end ever in the history to go over a thousand receiving yards i mean unbelievable from that standpoint so they have some weapons and i mean the, the list goes on and on we could talk about uh, what I think Ryan Day is going to do with with X out of the backfield, and I love that look that they're that they're utilizing X and and Chip together back there in a kind of a two back set, and that's dangerous. And they can do so many different things with that. So when you want to talk about the weapons that this team has going into next weekend, especially that are all healthy, and then you look at the quarterback and you're like, hey, six, you don't have to win us the game. Just facilitate, right? J just get the ball in the playmaker's hands. That's all you have to do. That could be the recipe for a, a big time victory up in Ann Arbor. All right. So you have all of those ingredients. Was there anything about the way they were put together on Saturday at all? And maybe that maybe there's not. Was there anything that you came away leaving the shoe thinking, ooh, I wanted to see a little bit more here or there to get ready for the game, Zach? You want to know something? I would I would say no. Um, okay. I, I think people are, you know, people I think are, are going to be outspoken about the way Kyle looked a little bit and, and parts of that game, especially in the red zone offense. And that might not even just be Kyle, but obviously the quarterback takes so much of that blame when you get mm -hmm. into the red zone, you're not able to finish. Um, you know, some people might talk about, yeah, the, the, the inability to finish some of those drives in the end zone, which going against a team, especially on the road, like team up north, you're going to have to finish those in the end zone, right? You can't settle for field goals. So, um, you know, I, I think some people are, are going to point at that and uh, we could sit here and harp on that and say that's a that's a big issue. But then again, I'm going to go back and say, hey, listen, you're playing Minnesota. You don't want to you don't want to show too much. Right. You know, uh, uh, RD and this staff have been putting pockets, stacking plays, you know, in, in their pockets of things that they're going to want to do in Ann Arbor this next weekend. And they don't want to show it. So not only, you know, has, has Ohio State been practicing some of these gadget plays that are going to be completely new, 
you go back to the, your bread and butter, right? Like you go back to the super basic things when you're playing Michigan State and Minnesota leading up to this game because you're not putting in those gadgets for those games. And so um, I think maybe you see some of those drives stall out um, when you kind of go to the basic stuff and just stuff isn't there. And, hey, Kyle, try and make a throw or, or put it in a place that no one's catching it and let's get off the field and kick the field goal. Um, but I, I wouldn't throw – you know, I, I wouldn't put too much um, – uh, I won't put too much into into the red zone stuff. It's just like, hey, listen, basic stuff. Playing a team that you you know you're not winning a national championship, or Big Ten beating that team, right? Like you can run your basic stuff and be fine. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Come Ann Arbor, I, I know there's going to be some new stuff, and those red zone uh, drives are going to be massively important. Yeah, uh, Michigan, the number one uh, red zone defense in the country. They now they haven't had to face a lot of red zone opportunities, so. Um, that helps because they've they've been really good at figuring out what teams are doing and keeping them out of the red zone. I don't know how they were doing it for most of the year, but Maryland found a way to get there and punch a couple in. Uh, so it seems like if anybody would be more concerned going into the game on which side, that would probably be the Wolverines. But again, we'll talk about that throughout the week. I did want to have like a live camera on you to get a reaction shot of that decision from Ryan Day right before halftime. Uh, because Bill Landis and I were sitting in the press box like, what the heck is going on here? The play clock is going to, you know, it's going to get you to halftime. And then you dial up a, a pass play, slow developing, the protection breaks down, and you almost get your quarterback hurt. Listen, it was it was 13 nothing. I think from that standpoint, I think, our, I think Ohio State had two timeouts left in the half. I think from that standpoint, it's like, hey, can we break a big one and somehow get in the end zone? Uh, with two timeouts and then make it 20 to nothing. And at that point, maybe our starters only have one more series in the <laughs> second half instead of, you know, the, the way it, it, the way it ended up playing out, they got out, uh, you know, uh, towards the end of the third quarter. But I think in RD's mind, his perfect world would be, hey, starters get one series, second half, offense is getting the ball to start, go score a touchdown up 27 nothing starters are out the rest of the game you basically yeah. have a whole second half of not playing so <laughs> i think that had something to do with it maybe a little bit of a, a of a too committed to the game plan and too committed to not wanting his guys to play in the second half um luckily you know kyle came out in the second half and it didn't seem like that knee injury or ankle injury or whatever it was was uh was slowing him down too much you know he's in there already. You know this morning getting treatment, um, and dude, those juices are going to be flowing this week. My God, I mean, I get juices just thinking about it. I've been up since five a.m. drinking coffee, right, ready for this game already. And so, you know, those guys are gonna gonna have their juices flowing and gonna be ready. So uh, the adrenaline that they're gonna have, he'll be fine come Saturday. All right. So from somebody who's been through this and gets ready, you know, has been ready for the game. It's all. It's Sunday. But we said, you know, players were already talking about it and and catching some glimpses on TV of Maryland and Michigan on Saturday before their own game. Like, how quickly does it change? What what's the conversation like in the locker room on a Saturday night or a Sunday? Normally, you know, that's that's a little bit lighter practice and and you're recovering when you watch film and then celebrate the champions and all that stuff on Sunday night. Champions, you know, victory meal. Does that stuff go? Is that different for this week? Does it go by the wayside? Like. Ryan Day made a comment after the game. I think when I asked him, he's like, we're not really going to watch the film of this game. Like it's, it, it doesn't really matter. And that's, yeah. that's pretty, that's, that's interesting to me. Cause like 
everyone's an opportunity to evaluate, but it doesn't seem like that's the same for this week. This week's completely different than any, any other week. I mean, um, and in my opinion, it's the best week of the year, by far the best week of the year, you know, uh, and, and I'm sure things are the same. Granted, you know, my last game was 10 years ago, but I know uh, it's basically the same coaching staff, right? And um, you walk in on Sunday morning and they've got music blaring. Normally, you know, guys on a normal Sunday are going in, getting uh, a light workout um, and doing those things. And it's a relaxed kind of recovery type atmosphere. You walk in on Sunday, every speaker in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center is blaring music. And normally it's time for war on repeat. And um, I mean, you walk in there Sunday morning you're, and your hair stick up, you know, instead of the kind of dragging ass and man, I'm beat up and, you know, scheduling my massage for that day, hitting the, the cold tank and, and um, you know, getting a, the light workout in, you're like ready to play a game again. You go in there and you're like, I'm ready. Let's go. Um, and, and RD's right. You normally never watch film from the previous week. It's turning your attention to the team up North. Um, I think they still do this, but Sunday night, you know, there's, there's a, there, there's a big dinner and then the band comes over to the facility and, uh, does, uh, different things with the team. I know the, the guys get to march script Ohio with the band, because when you play, you never get to see script Ohio. Like that's one of the things that's really cool going back as a fan is seeing script Ohio and, just what a tradition that is. And so um, when you get to, to you know, play the instrument or whatever it is for the band member and march with them and do Script Ohio, that's really cool. Um, it's just kind of a fun night to set the tone for the rest of the week. And then, you know, Monday's normally, quote unquote, your off day and guys are coming in and, and watching film here and there on a normal week. On Monday uh, of Team Up North week, it's like everyone's in, right? You're getting your, you're getting a hard workout in. You are, you're doing everything you can to prepare. And then as, as the week goes on, let's be honest, it's one of the best weeks too, because it's Thanksgiving, right? And, and <laughs> Thanksgiving comes around. It's just like, there's like a change in the air, right? You're out on the practice field and it's like that crisp air is still there and you just know what's at stake for that week. And, um, you know, obviously uh, the coaches' families are around. It's just a, you know, if, if there's any week that brings a team together, it's the team up north rivalry of rivalry week because yep. everyone's on the same page. Everyone is so dialed in and focused that I hate to say you normally don't have that every week, even a, even a big game against like Penn State. You know, people are are dealing with, you know, families coming in town or, you know, dealing with other stuff on like team up north week. It's like, let's go. It's it's wartime, right? Like we we take the ranks from out here and we bring them in and the ranks get super tight. And it's like, hey, this is the last this is the last regular season game. This is the go to win a Big Ten championship game. And how many times has this game come down to winning a Big Ten championship? And so uh, the stakes are super high, especially this year, more than uh, more than any other. Oh, my God. I wish I was in the facility this week. Just I mean, this might be the most hyped rivalry game of the greatest rivalry in all of sports, right? This might be the most hyped week that we have ever seen in this rivalry. So those guys, it, it's going to take that week that's already amplified times 100 from any normal week and amplify it even more, which is going to be so exciting. Yeah, I we're going to talk about it throughout the week. We can kick off, you know, probably more on Buck IQ, everything else throughout the week when you and I are talking like, I, I do agree. I think this might be, and it, I'm not trying to be uh, hyperbolic. I'm not trying to be a prisoner of the moment that it's that's because it's this one or give it any extra hype. But I think 
the stakes uh, and the impact for both head coaches and what's happened in the last couple of years, college ball playoff, Big Ten East, like, this might be the highest. Six. I know there's been a number one versus number two game in 2006, but I think this might be the most important game in the history of the of the game. Like I agree with you because it's a referendum. Like Ryan Day's lost the last two. He didn't have the opportunity in 2020. You have the cheating scandal. If Harbaugh can't win uh, after all that stuff is is exposed, like that taints his entire legacy at Michigan and the, and and overshadows the previous two wins. Like, I mean, it is all wrapped up into this one package. And like Saturday at noon is going to be insane. Like it's the the big the the atmosphere in the big house is always different. It feels like to me because it starts pregame. And, and that, so once you get to the game, you've done this, Zach, like the buses go to the same place, the tunnel, you yeah. both come out the same tunnel, your locker rooms are right against each other. Like this stuff starts earlier in the big house than it does in the horseshoe. And like, it feels dangerous up there. I don't, maybe it's because I have like the podcast on my shirt and they can see Scarlet and gray, but it's, it's, it's weird up there. The, um, the tunnel's nasty. I mean, really nasty, you know, and, and I know there was, was it last year with, with team Michigan, State. Michigan State, right? Yep. Um, I'm actually shocked um, that it hasn't happened more, you know, and, and <laughs> you know, I hate to admit this, you know, my, my in-laws on that side of the family are, are team up north people and team up north supporters. And it's like, they were shocked that this happened when it happened last year. And I'm looking at them like, Team up north fans, are you that naive? A team up north administration, are you that naive? Like, this is the worst setup in all of college football from a stadium standpoint. Having teams come out literally, I don't think people realize the locker room doors are maybe, maybe 20 feet apart. Like, maybe 20 yeah, feet apart. Feels, feels less than that when you're correct. In it. And I'm saying maybe, right? Yeah. And the only thing separating you are maybe one or two cops, security guards, and then your string staff. Like, that's it. And you guys are coming out at the same time. You guys in pregames are coming out and in at the same time. Like, it, it, it it's asinine that they have this set up and have not changed it. And I understand the traditions of, you know, the big house and all that stuff. But, my God, like, people don't realize how uh, – I, I mean, it's like – it's just like an atomic bomb that you're just waiting to like yeah. pull the trigger and let it go off. Right. You don't know when it's going to blow. And, and that's how it is. But to your point too, 2006 was number one versus number two. And what was at stake then was massive. Cause I think it was the first time ever it was number one versus number two, but the teams hated each other because of the rivalry, right? Like it's Ohio state team up North. Like you're just taught to hate one another throughout the year. This year, and and I I don't you know I don't want to put uh, words in obviously uh, the Ohio State team's mouth, and I'm sure the team up north feels the same way. They actually hate each other, like they legit hate each other. It's not it's not Ohio State Michigan now. That's not what th this is about. Like that rivalry already brings things to here. Like these coaching staffs hate each other. Yeah. These players hate each other. Like I don't think people realize how much hate is now on it like it used to be one of those things where and I, I don't want to get long-winded but this rivalry just gets me amped up it used yeah. to be one of those things you respect the hell out of the other team but you hate them right it's like you you respect them so much but you just want to beat the shit out of them on that day 
Now, you don't even respect them. Like, now these teams hate each other and want to beat the hell out of one another. Like, that's why I'm saying you can't even compare this to 2006 because what was at stake then is the same thing that's at stake now, but these head coaches hate each other. The assistant coaches hate each other when they recruit against one another. Now you see all these players that, you know, recruiting and all these camps have gotten uh, uh, blown up. Now you've got social media where these players are, are talking to each other 365 days out of the year on Twitter, right? Like yeah. you've got all these things that are adding layers to this rivalry and everything's going to gonna come down to the kickoff at noon on Saturday. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully things don't go sideways before, before noon because it very well could. And if you're a, a Michigan fan and want to say that that's not a possibility and if anything happens, it's on the away football team, complete yeah. bogus. It is, yeah, it, it's almost like, uh, it, you know, it, it, and I'll leave it at this. It's almost like team up north and in, in, uh, uh, that administration, like, has it funneled this way because it's like they want to, you know, you, you ever have like a caged lion or tiger and like you hang meat outside the cage and it starts going crazy. Like that's yeah. what they do. They tee up the away football team to just try and like bait them into little stuff with the way that their locker room is set up, the way that they have the away team come out. Like it's scheduled to the point where the away team gets the, the worst part of it. Like, Team up north comes afterwards, so the entire weight team has to go out while the home locker room doors are open and those guys are barking at them. So it's like team up north just baits the away team in that tunnel to just do something stupid. Right. Whew. All right. Well, I'm going to take a, a page out of Ryan Day's book. We're not doing three and out. We're not going to talk any more about Minnesota. You've already got uh, us two juiced up on a Sunday blitz to get ready uh, for Saturday in the game. So let's let's call it there. Let's get ready. Huge week. We got. Everything that you've come to expect from coverage, even though it's Thanksgiving, we're still going to do it all. We're still going to have weekend kickoff. Zach and Bobby will be back uh, with me, Burnham, and Bill to do that this week. Uh, brought to you by Bryant Heating Cooling Systems. We're still going to do Buckeye Q. We're still going to have the podcast daily. We're still going to be at Roosters. Going to have pregame keys on Saturday. I mean, I, I'm ready. This is, even though we want to take some time as everybody on Thanksgiving, spend it with your family. We're building towards Saturday at noon. This is what those previous 11 games and every bit of the offseason was built for for Ohio State including us on the media side. We're ready for no doubt. I'm ready. I'm ready. Put me in. I'm ready. I know I'm ready. I'm ready to do something. I cover the game. I I can't play it. I'll cover the game, but uh, I'm ready for, I'm ready for that too. Like it's, this is an exciting time. This is a huge game. It doesn't get any bigger and we're going to talk about it all week long, getting ready for Saturday at noon in the big house. He is Zach Bourne. I am Austin Ward. Thanks for joining us so much on Sunday blitz. We'll talk to you later.